Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Welcome back to Hour 2. And uh, first hour flew by. I want to talk some fantasy football uh, with you, George. Uh, but before we do that, uh, did you notice uh, this week on Twitter there was this thing going around where uh, you, people were asking for your favorite player in each sport? Yeah, I think I did see it on it was on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. I did see that, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, for the next couple of hours, maybe we'll just here and there to ask you. So, uh, who's your favorite uh, football player? Since we've yeah, been no. talking football for a little bit, I said, I've seen it, but I, uh, I've seen it, but I did not post. No one asked me to post, so I didn't. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. complaining about that, by the way. Uh, my mm-hmm. favorite football player is probably Roger Starback. Mm-hmm. You know, back when the other uh, 70s and the Cowboys player, uh, I enjoyed watching. Could easily be Emmett Smith. Always, uh, you know, for the 90s Cowboys, how good he was. Certainly could never forget that uh, the game against the Giants where he uh, pretty much won the game, even though he had a separated shoulder. That's something oh, that's hard to forget. you got to remind me of that. Hey, it's uh, a game that Thanks. certainly sticks in my head as far as uh, mm-hmm. what he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for me, for my favorite NFL player, uh, I mean – I find it hard to pick one, but they're all Giants, the, the guys that I'm going to mention. I mean, Mark Bavaro, uh, tight end for the Giants, you know, maybe not the greatest tight end of all time, but just, uh, you know, classic, uh, you know, doesn't speak much, but carries the big stick. I don't know if that's there's a, a saying going there, but uh, yeah, I remember him, like, carrying a couple of defenders <laughs> after he made a catch. It was either against the, the 49ers or the Redskins. I, I forget which one. It was one. the 49ers on Monday Night Football, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, you remember that, yeah. Uh, Phil Simms is another guy. that I mean, when you look at what Phil Simms had to put up with, with Bill Parcells just week after week after week, just like, you know, tearing him down. <laughs> but I guess uh, he was just like a, a, being a good dad to him, right? I mean, he came through, had that awesome uh, Super Bowl against the Broncos in uh, 1985-86 season. And then also you got to uh, give your uh, credo to, uh, creds to uh, Eli Manning. Maybe not the greatest quarterback specifically. I mean, to me, he's gotten the most out of his talent. You know, not the, the most talented guy, but just the way he carries himself. Even last year when... Uh, you know, he was benched and his streak was over. He, you know, handled it uh, like a pro. So uh, a couple of Super Bowls under his belt. I, I like the way he carries himself. And again, you know, I realize that he's not, doesn't possess the greatest, uh, you know, skills. 
among quarterbacks, but has gotten the most out of them. I, I don't think I can argue with that. No, uh, Eli Manning, as far as the way you put it, that he's got the most out of the talent uh, given to him, I, I might even agree mm-hmm. with that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny, though. If you would ask me who my favorite player now is, it's not a Cowboy. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's Gronkowski. I just, I just like the fun he has on the field. Uh, once again, mm-hmm. guy, he's just uh, a mismatch for everybody. He's dragging people along. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know about all some of his off-the-field stuff, but on the field, uh, he would be my favorite player, especially now that Jason mm-hmm. Witten is retired. What do you think he ends up after he's finished playing football? Does he end up as a, like a WWE champion? Does he end up as an action movie star? I mean, it's going to be something dynamic. I, yeah, I have a funny feeling he'll try. He may try both, but not not really succeed either. <laughs> yeah, he'll be, uh, but he'll he'll be in the he'll he'll be out there for a little bit, but then like five years after retire, that's pretty much it for Greg Cassie. We won't we won't hear about him anymore. Right. All right. So uh, let's uh, we've been breaking down by division some of these teams, and just uh, you know, it's very early. Uh, you know, just get. Uh, re- you know, refamiliarize ourselves with some of these uh, players' names again. But uh, why don't we go to the NFC South and uh, talk about uh, the Carolina Panthers. And uh, one of the more polarizing uh, players in fantasy really has been Cam Newton, their quarterback. So, I mean, uh, where do you stand with Cam? Are you a Cam guy? Am I a Cam guy? Uh, no. No, I'm not a Cam guy. Uh, I think, once again, Cam is a definition of uh, he's never going to be a prototypical quarterback because he's not mm-hmm. very good throwing the ball to his receivers. He's just not. His right. accuracy is right. so-so at best. And you think about and it. percent completion rate for his career, and that's been right. a big issue. Mm-hmm. Right. He, uh, he's, he's not accurate. He's just not. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, an, uh, he's an athlete playing quarterback, which is fine. You know, uh, coming into last year, I was worried that the Panthers would take it the course route and not want him to run as much, and I thought that was going to be bad because his value is in his legs. He has to be able to run the ball, get that yardage. Fantasy, I'm talking fantasy-wise. He has to be able to run the ball, get that 60 to 70 yards a game, running a touchdown. That's where his fantasy value really lies. And I was worried last year that the Panthers were going to play a course and want to make sure that he didn't end his career early. They did well, that it was first. The storyline. Yeah. Right. They did that it they first, but then they let, him, uh, they let him go at the end, towards the end of the year. So mm-hmm. fantasy-wise, he's, uh, I just did the, uh, for the, for, uh, the Rotorex exclusive edge package, I just did the quarterback breakdown. Uh, I mm-hmm. believe he's number six for me. You know, so he's still in my top ten, easily in my top ten. But um, mm-hmm. I'm always going to have a tough time rectifying, you know, as being a football guy to a fantasy football, it's different. Because when, mm-hmm. when you think football, you think, my God, he can't hit a guy ten yards down the field is wide open. You, you just, you're mm-hmm. never sure. You know, but fantasy football, the numbers are there. The points mm-hmm. are there. So, uh, but he's not a guy, you know, I'm, I don't draft quarterbacks early. You know, I said mm-hmm. this in the article, in the column. Uh, I'm not drafting Aaron Rodgers in round three. Yes, he's great. He's the number one fantasy football quarterback. Absolutely love to have him. If he falls to round five, you can talk to me. Then I'll, because the, mm-hmm. the value fell, then I might think about grabbing. If I'm in a league where everyone else is also waiting on quarterbacks, then I can think mm-hmm. about uh, A-Rod in round five. Cam Newton, I'm more than comfortable waiting until 8, 9, 10. If he's there, great. If not, I'll go with one of the other you know, 8, 9 quarterbacks in that same range uh, who allowed me – I could take him in round whatever, 9, and then load up – because I've already loaded up on the running backs and wide receivers in the first 8 rounds. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, the narrative heading into last season was that, hey, you know, uh, Cam Newton's gonna, not going to run as much as he has in the past. We're worried about that affecting his health and whatnot. And then he ends up uh, rushing the ball uh, career high 139 times and uh, being very effective at it. You know, six touchdowns, 754 yards as well. And obviously that adds to his uh, fantasy value, right? I mean, 
Um, what do you think about uh, his uh, receiving core? I mean, uh, is Devin Funchess a, a legit uh, wide receiver one? Uh, no. No, no, certainly not. You know, and that, listen, that's also been part of Cam's uh, problem. Not, I shouldn't say Cam's problem, but that's been part of the reason why Cam maybe hasn't developed into a true, you know, uh, throwing quarterback because he's never really had a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. He just has. Even Kelvin Benjamin wasn't a wide receiver one. You know, they're wide receiver twos. Torrey Swift, your deep threat. DJ Moore, we'll see what the rookie can develop into right. if he can become mm-hmm. somebody. Uh, Greg Olson, who had the uh, so-so year last year. Uh, you know, is he healthy? He could certainly help. So I like what he can bring. But uh, no, Funches is not a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in seeing what uh, Curtis Samuel could do this year. Uh, missed most of last year with an injury. But uh, kind of a dynamic kind of player, you know, not only uh, as a receiver, but also, you know, someone that you could uh, could run the ball a little bit too. Just uh, could use a lot of different looks. Yes, and uh, he had some big years uh, last year. Uh, and, he, and he did, but uh, once again, it's if the, the quarterback can't throw the ball, it's hard to really trust their wide receivers, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I like Funches. I'll take him. Torrey Smith, maybe even as a, a deep threat, because I like to, uh, the thing is, I like Torrey Smith so much more in a, in a best ball league because he's going to have mm-hmm. some big weeks where you know he catches the sixty-five yard bomb for a touchdown, mm-hmm. and but there's going to be a lot of weeks where he catches three balls for twenty-four yards, right? And, that, and that's going to be an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the Panthers' running game? We saw what. Uh, Christian McCaffrey could bring to the table. Uh, again, a very dynamic player. Mostly, uh, I mean, his biggest fantasy value comes in uh, PPR leagues, obviously, right? But uh, the uh, Panthers added C.J. Anderson as well. Uh, Cameron Artis Payne still hanging around. I don't know if uh, uh, you know he's going to be there. Uh, if he could be a casualty. Uh, maybe they might cut him. I mean, but uh, McCaffrey and Anderson. How do you think that uh, the breakdown works out? Oh, McCaffrey owners had to be disappointed when they signed Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really did. Not that Anderson's this great running back, but he's better than Jonathan Stewart, and Jonathan Stewart mm-hmm. was eating into McCaffrey's points. At the right. very least, Anderson's uh, the goal line guy, right? And he's going to be short mm-hmm. yardage guy. That, this really brings McCaffrey back to being that third down pass reception guy, which has value. Mm-hmm. He's, he's an RB, right. too. I'm not complaining about McCaffrey, but I think he, I, if they didn't sign C.G. Anderson or another you know, good running back, I would have put McCaffrey in running back one category. Because I think he would have he just would have had to do more, you know, which may have been good and bad. You're getting him too many touches, he might, but he might break down. But CJ Anderson takes away those touchdowns. You know, he's going to take away probably another, you know, eight touch eight touches away from him. So I like mm-hmm. them both. McCaffrey is a uh, a high end running back, uh, running back two. Uh, Anderson more of a low end running back two, high end running back three. Mm-hmm. Do you think he could repeat uh, what he did last year, McCaffrey? I mean, uh, eighty receptions. I mean, do you think he goes in that range again? 80 receptions, that's five catches a game. You know, a little mm-hmm. quick math there, it's five catches a game. I think that's more than doable. You're good. I don't, yeah. see, I don't see why you can't do that. And once again, mm-hmm. we're talking PPR leagues. Yeah, most of the time when we talk, we're almost always talking PPR leagues. As mm-hmm. I know we call it standard, but really, standard really is now PPR. It's very few right. leagues that are uh, just playing pure standard. Uh, so, like I said, I think even he'll get a better rushing yards. Although they, they, mm-hmm. they did lose, uh, I believe, their top offensive lineman. That could... Uh, that could impact that somewhat, but you know he only had two rushing TV TDs last year. Mm-hmm. He only had five receiving TDs. Man, you'd like to see that get the double digits, right? We want to see mm-hmm. ten. Yeah, even higher like there. Also, like to see him uh, get four yards per carry instead of the three point seven that he had, right? I mean, that's your kind of like your. Actually, four point two, four point between four point two, four point four is considered really what you want. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. going to get that. 
You know, mm-hmm. I, he maybe does better than 3.7, but I don't know if he can reach 4.2, 4.4. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so uh, why don't we move on to the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, Matt Ryan took a bit of a uh, step back last uh, last year. What, what do you see for Matt Ryan this year? You know, he, I think he's going to be quarterback and going to target in a lot of drafts because mm-hmm. I think I can get him around 11, around 12. Just, because the, just of, the value, right? Just the value. I mean, what I like here is uh, I am – I don't know if I'm ever going to expect the year we had in 2016, you know, mm-hmm. MVP type year. I don't think that's going to happen again, but I love this offense. They got a gift from God when Calvin Ridley uh, fell to them. You know, that mm-hmm. takes some of the pressure off Julio Jones. You still got Mohamed Sanu, who's another really good, mm-hmm. uh, solid wide receiver. Austin Hooper, oh, he's a solid tight end, someone who's somewhat of a threat. Running game, good with Freeman and Coleman. I understand that we're a little worried about uh, you know, about the Freeman and the concussions. You know, running back mm-hmm. having a concussion problem is not good. Because let's face right. it, you lead, lead with your head. Regardless of what the NFL is going to try and do, that you can't lower your head. It's almost instinct when you're going to get hit to put your head down. You know, mm-hmm. so I think this is kind of silly here. I'm, I'm very curious to see how this works out. But that also means, you know, I'm not going to tell you I, uh, that he's not going to get another concussion. You know, mm-hmm. I have a hard time seeing him go through 16 games without getting one. That's why he's out of a lot of people's top 12 running backs. He's not considered a running back one for a lot of people because of this. So mm-hmm. uh, it's something to keep an eye on here. But the bottom line for me is, Joe, I love this offense. I think mm-hmm. it's going to score points. I think they're going to score a lot of points. So I'm going to be on Matt Ryan this year. Uh, you, you've mentioned uh, Calvin Ridley today. You've also mentioned him in the past. Uh, is he your favorite uh, rookie wide receiver? I mean, the, you know, we talked about how sometimes uh, rookie running backs might have more fantasy impact more quickly uh, traditionally. But uh, do you think that Ridley could really uh, have some fantasy value this season? Well, the reason rookie running backs generally uh, have more success fantasy-wise and really NFL-wise also, it's just an easier position to play. I mean, mm-hmm. running back, as far as what they do, okay, get the handoff, hit the hole. You know, if, yeah. Assuming you can pick up the blitz, you're going you're gonna to get in there. You're going to play right away. Right. A rookie wide receiver has so much more to learn. Not only do you have to have mm-hmm. chemistry with the quarterback, you know, which you'll develop through OTAs, training camp, and all that, and practice, but you have to learn the entire route tree. You have to learn mm-hmm. to re- recognize the blitz and realize that you're the hot receiver in that uh, situation. You know, mm-hmm. And if you don't, then you, if the quarterback gets creamed because you didn't pick it up, well, you're going to lose his trust real quick. You're going to lose the coach's trust real quick, and you're going to find yourself on the bench. You know, that's mm-hmm. why it takes longer to develop a wide receiver than it does a running back. You know, so that, that's really the reason why. And we have no way of knowing how this is going to work out. The reason I like Ridley is I think he went to a very good team with a very good quarterback. He's not expected mm-hmm. to be the number one. They already have that in Julio Jones. He's never going to mm-hmm. see a safety over the top. He's never going to see a top cornerback. He's going to face uh, you know, a second of all this because of Julio Jones being there, because of the strong run game there. So, yes, I think uh, Calvin Ridley is going to have a nice season. Not a huge season. I, I'm not – listen, in redraft leagues, I'm not looking to get this guy anything more than a wide receiver three, wide receiver four. You know, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't expect the huge things here, but I think he went to a great situation. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, Julio Jones gets significantly more touchdowns than the three he scored last year? I mean, he finally was healthy, played 16 games. Uh, very nice, uh, 1,444 receiving yards, 88 receptions. Uh, a guy that, you know, has taken some flack for, uh, you know, usually missing, uh, you know, a few games a year. But, uh, well, first of all, do you think that he's going to be more involved in the uh, in the red zone? Because that was an issue that was talked about as well. But when you look at his red zone numbers, he actually had more red zone targets last year than the previous year. 
Well, there's a couple of misconceptions about Jones. He's only missed three games in the last four years. Right. The problem is he seems to be questionable every damn week. <laughs> right. That's the problem. In some, way, in some ways, that's worse. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at least you're out, you're out, you're making a replacement, fine. You know, when you're questionable, mm-hmm. you're hurt, you're hampered, then you're not playing at full straight, you're going to have some duds. You know, mm-hmm. that's the problem there. You know, so, uh, but he's not because he misses games. Generally, he does play. But, you know, right. last year, you know, he had one game of 66 yards, one game of 30 yards, 57, 24, 54. You know, people are looking for more, you know, not that we expect the 253 yards yet against Tamper, but we want more, you know, consistency, which we're not going to see in Jones. Does that change? Is he still a first-round pick? No, not for me. He's mm-hmm. second round. You know, but I don't have any issues. I mean, if you're going to tell me right now he's going to have 88 catches, four, uh, 1,444 yards, I'll take my chances he gets more than three touchdowns. Yeah, I'll take my chances right now. It's more than three. And I, although uh, we'll certainly complain because that's what we do, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, if he only has three touchdowns, I can live with that too. That's pretty solid mm-hmm. numbers for your second-round pick. I'll take that run. Yes. There you go. You heard it here. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue breaking down the NFC South. Uh, you're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Glita, George Kurtz, and Rob Bowen. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. We're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Jolina, George Kurtz. And if you play DFS and haven't tried playing mybookie.ag player props, then you're missing out. Their player props tool allows you to avoid sharks winning 90% of the money in DFS. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Go to mybookie.ag, open a new account, and enter the promo code FNTSY, and you'll receive a 50, that's 50, 50% deposit bonus. Often a player, say like a, a Mike Trout, for instance, will be chalk in DFS and be 80% owned in tournaments because everyone's going to think the play is obvious. Well, don't be a loser and eat DFS chalk. Be a winner and play the mybookie.ag player prop. Plus, you can access the one sport not yet touched by DFS, the sport of kings. We're talking horse racing. It's simple. Go to mybookie.ag, open an account, enter the promo code FNTSY, and receive your 50% deposit bonus. Click the player props tool, choose your player prop, and collect your winnings. That's mybookie.ag. Enter promo code FNTSY. So, George, uh, at the start of the last segment, you, you told us who your favorite uh, football players are. Who would you say your favorite uh, baseball players? Favorite baseball player of all time. Uh, well, I, uh, my first player, uh, favorite player was Thurman Munson. 
As we all know, mm-hmm. he died in the plane crash on August 2nd, 1979. Uh, so then it became mm-hmm. Greg Nettles. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, I always, uh, always loved Greg Nettles. And then Don Mattingly, uh, Mr. Baseball. Mm-hmm. And then as I got old, you know, I don't know if I have favorite players anymore. I always appreciated Paul O'Neill, the warrior. Mm-hmm. I, I just loved wow. that O'Neill. O'Neill would go three for three, you know, and have a mm-hmm. great game. This fourth that bat, he did a line drive, smoking line drive, but it was caught. And he'd go in there, break his bat, and smash the water cooler. I kind of appreciated mm-hmm. that. I thought that was a uh, great. I, I, I just like the in- intensity there. So, well, uh, Paul mm-hmm. O'Neill. And if you're asking me t- now, today, oh, God, do I have a, I guess Aaron Judge. I mean, uh, yeah. I just like the way uh, for a guy who's becoming a superstar, the way he handles himself, the way he's down oh, yeah. to earth. And let's face it, it's fun to see him hit a baseball nine miles. Absolutely, uh, I agree with it's 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 uh, surprising. Um, with the old time players, we have a, a disagreement, and I think I've told you that Reggie Jackson was my favorite play, favorite player growing up, and of course, him and Thurman Munson had their issues, banged heads a little bit. And and don't get me wrong, I love Thurman Munson. Uh, I, I love all those Yankees from the late seventies or early eighties. Uh, you mentioned Craig Nettles too. Uh, Greg, and, not Craig, Greg. Uh, all right. Everybody out. gets that wrong. Greg, yeah. Greg, Greg, G, Greg, Greg. G. How about I just call him Nettles? <laughs> you can call him Nettles. Number and, nine. Uh, there you go. Uh, Don Mattingly, too, was one of my favorites uh, as well. And uh, it's just a shame that his career was cut short a little bit. Also a shame that he retired before the Yankees won a World Series because, you know, he was on the Yankees throughout the 80s and – George Steinbrenner will tell you that, you know, the Yankees of the 80s won the most games during the regular season, but they just... In the decade, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right? It's uh, true. They, listen, the Yankees shame. of the 80s, were, you know, they'd win games 9-8. They had no pitching. I mean, they really... Mm-hmm. Outside of a Getty, they just had no pitching. Yeah. Uh, the the was fun. brothers, the original Tommy John, uh, probably missing a couple other old starters, too. You know, Gidry, obviously, a uh, top-notch starter, but, you know, he was getting older in the 80s as well. Yep. But uh, and I, I have a, a I like Paul O'Neill as well. I mean, the, like you said, the Warrior. And uh, you, know, you remember so what we traded like for him, right? Yeah, Roberto uh, Kelly gave up. Yeah, and I was like, who? What the heck are they doing? You know. The only <laughs> but, thing I knew uh, about Paul O'Neill back then was if you ever watched the old baseball clips, like on This Week in Baseball, whatever. He was the guy. Uh, it was a base hit in Cincinnati. And he had trouble picking the ball up, so to get it back to the infield, he kicked it, and it actually worked. <laughs> he was just so frustrated that he, uh, he kept dropping the ball. He actually kicked it towards the infield. He actually uh, kicked it on a fly to the second baseman. If you ever watched the old mm-hmm. clips, that's O'Neill with the big, uh, mm-hmm. the big frizzy hairdo he had going on there. Uh, mm-hmm. I like him as a broadcaster too. I think he's he's funny. keeps keeps things light. Keeps Michael K uh, in check, which I, I kind of enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I agree. And uh, what you said about Aaron Judge, too, he's, uh, you know, it's also his, it's not just that he hits the home runs, but uh, just the way he carries himself when he's interviewed, but also his defense is, you know, for a big guy, you know. He's above average. Yeah, he definitely is. He's a freak. He's just Mm -hmm. a freak because big guys Mm -hmm. should not be able to move like that. Right. You know, and he can move. He's uh, this is a guy I imagine could have played football. Tight end certainly mm-hmm. looks like it's a, an option here. And I imagine he could have played mm-hmm. basketball, too. So, uh, right. hey, we, this is why they're professional sports, because in some ways they're all freaks. Right. And, uh, you know, he'll strike out, but he'll also walk a lot as well. I mean, how surprised are you that he's batting in the 280s? You know, it's, it's still early in the season, so the average kind of fluctuates. But 280s, 290s, approaching 300. I mean, that is very surprising to me, that he was able to repeat that so far. I mean, I know we have uh, two-thirds of the season left, but I heard an interesting, at all? I heard an interesting stat on Judge. 
uh, once again, this is the, the advanced, uh, which is with the K zone and all that. One of every four called strikes to Aaron Judge is wrong. It's one of the mm-hmm. highest in baseball. You know, because umpires of his size, have, you think? Because of his size. The umpires have not adjusted mm-hmm. yet. You know, so he's, right. he's getting screwed. He really is. His average should be higher. Because you see it every night. You know, last night I know those well, like with the bases loaded. They, they don't probably call the pitch that was six inches inside. Nothing to do with his height. Just an awful call. Right. But he, uh, it just right. shows you he gets more more strikes called on him than any other player that are not strikes. Mm-hmm. You know, umpires just have not adjusted. He's a big, big man. You can't call right. the ball a strike that it's at, at his shins. You know, it's not where his knees are. You know, they haven't adjusted yet. Then I have all sorts of issues with the home plate umpire. I hate them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they should go to a computerized strike zone. I, think they, I was going to ask you. A long uh, time you're talking ago. about using robots. You're for that, right? Well, it's not robots. They're, they're, you know, they're they would, I asked this one I think they would use is there'll be a lights behind the uh, behind home plate, <laughs> and the computer will tell you strike ball. And uh, so, my, so my, there won't be a mechanical guy wearing a, a umpire suit behind. No, the you're not going to have Mr. No. Robot, I Robot, back there going, <laughs> "Hey, you know, uh, Five Alive." Uh, whatever <laughs> stupid movie was in the '80s. Uh, the reason I dislike it is this, though, because you hear it all the time. Oh, the this pitcher gets a, a bigger strike zone because he's a veteran, while the rookie's going to get a smaller one. So you know, the veteran pitcher is going to get because he's a Hall of Famer is going to get a, a refrigerator box. And the, uh, the rookie is going to get a cereal box. It's just, it just makes no sense to me. The strike zone should be fair to everybody. We've seen the strike zone change from inning to inning. You know, batter to batter, it, it drives me insane. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think K-Zone is perfect. I don't. But at least it would be the same for everybody. And pitchers could then adjust to what's being called and what's not being called. You know, I, I, the, whole play, the easiest thing, way to, uh, to change a game is the home plate umpire in baseball. Because you just mm-hmm. don't know what he's going to call. You don't know if he's having a good day, bad day. You see, so, and by the way, if you want to speed up the game, wouldn't this do it as well? No more arguing from the managers because, hey, computer said the strike, strike, just move on, next. You know, so uh, I think it should come into play. And it's not like the, uh, I know the umpire union will still have a heart attack with it, but nobody's losing their job here. You still have to have a home plate umpire at the plate. You know, but mm-hmm. I guess check swings are going to have to still be judged, plays at the plate. So it's not like this guy's going to go away. So, uh, actually, I just think uh, it's, it's, if we can make it better, and this would certainly make it better. You know, I think, the two, the, to me, the biggest jokes in, uh, as far as refereeing in professional sports is, one, the home plate umpire guessing on the outside pitch because they all stand over the inside corner, which means they're a good two feet from seeing the outside. That's a guess, whether it's a strike right. or not. And two, is the old men in football running to where the guy got tackled and then guessing where the ball was and spotting it. <laughs> I, I laugh at that all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're a good yard off. But sure, nice try, buddy. You know, and mm-hmm. you got to tell me, in today's technology, we can't do better here? I mean, really? Even when the, uh, the, the linesmen are on the right, they're right where the guy got tackled, they're still spotting the ball incorrectly. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's hilarious to me that we're using, you know, we're using a chain system. Really? It's 2018. We're using a chain system? This is how we're judging first downs, not first. I mean, was, oh, God. I mean, yeah, te- technological marvel we are. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, when it comes to umpires, as long as the umpire is consistent, like let's say if he's consistently calling the high strike on a certain day or a low strike or whatnot, I really don't have an issue with it. And I think it adds to the game in terms of, you know, it's a, it's a new adventure every day in a way. But uh, I know, hate I, that. I hate hmm. that reasoning. That it's, it's a new adventure every day. Oh, oh, it's the human element. Really? Mm-hmm. You want to go to a doctor who, hey, it's a new adventure today. <laughs> and why is it okay for umpiring? Why is it okay for that? You know, so you want to go to a robot doctor? 
if he's going to do the job right, damn right I do. I would have no problem with that. I want. I think the job should be done correctly. This is a, listen. Everybody will tell you now. Sports is a business. Mm-hmm. People lose their jobs over this. And I'm not talking about mm-hmm. the guys who are getting paid five million. Everybody thinks, oh, big deal. So manager got fired. He's making five million dollars. He's fine. What about the coaches that aren't making that? They're making mm-hmm. probably more than uh, most normal people. Sure, but they're not gazillionaires. Not gazillionaires at all. You know, their families so now that they're losing their jobs because of bad calls. I think it, oh, we've, we've seen it happen already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we, we've seen we've seen it happen. More, it's probably more football than baseball because obviously football one game means a whole lot. Sure, but you know, you, you know it's just a, in, we, if we can get it right and make it better, why mm-hmm. aren't we? I mean, everybody at home knows you blew the call. Everybody knows. And listen, I, I referee. I want calls to be right. I, obviously, there's no replay where I'm refing, but I wouldn't mind my calls being overturned. I have no problem going to my uh, my partner and asking him a question about a call. You know, I referee right. hockey games. See if he saw something different about a goal. You know, and then we'll go we'll talk about it. I think more umpires should do that. We don't see that all that much at all because everyone's got this ego. No, I'm right, right. you're wrong. Well, you know, we can see it on replay now. We know if you made a mistake. We know if you blew it. You know, I just don't understand why we don't. If we can fix it, why are we not fixing it? There you go. That's his credo. That's uh, George Kurtz's credo. If you could fix it, why the heck not? So uh, well, let's get back. We were talking a little uh, NFC South football, and uh, we were finishing up with the Falcons. The last guy I want to ask you about on the Falcons is their tight end, Austin Hooper, who, uh, you know, there was a lot of a fanfare, uh, a lot of expectations uh, from uh, expecting him to have a big season last year. Kind of disappointed. What, what are you looking for out of Austin Hooper? You love this offense this year. Do you think he benefits? Sure. Sure. Now, Corey Parson and I on football fantasy football frenzy last Sunday. We discussed mm-hmm. tight ends in depth, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, uh, I'm actually writing the uh, tight end positional breakdown this week for the exclusive edge mm-hmm. packet. So it'll be in there mm-hmm. if you anybody mm-hmm. wants to take a, a deeper look there. Mm-hmm. I mean, tight end gets gets a little wonky at the first mm-hmm. seven or eight. It's not deep. It's not deep mm-hmm. at all. So we, we're going to have some issues here with tight end. I can see Hooper squeezing in for some people into a top 10, top 12, or a starting tight end, he won't be for me. Mm-hmm. You know, right. uh, as a tight end, it's like the first 10 guys get, is really where it gets questionable. Then you got, you know, someone like Jack Doyle. Okay, is Andrew Luck going to play? You know, Charles Clay, who the hell is quarterbacking there? Eifert, can he stay mm-hmm. healthy? George Kittle's somewhat of a sleeper right now. Joku, same yep. thing. Cameron Brait, I like, but you still got O.J. Howard. You know, Sferian mm-hmm. Jenkins, Vernon Davis, what about Jordan Reed? Uh, you know, that, and this is where Hooper goes in with all these guys here. He has his own issues. He's not really a great tight end, but he's someone who maybe you prefer over Charles Clay because he's got Matt Ryan. Maybe you prefer mm-hmm. over Tyler Eifert because, hey, he doesn't get hurt every damn game like Eifert does. So he's in that mix there. But uh, I'm going to have him as a tight end two, not a tight end one. There you go. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Jameis Winston uh, played 13 games last season. Came up with a record of three and ten. I mean, is this is this? Can we? What can we expect from Jameis Winston? Is he going to continue? Does it get any better? I mean, so much was expected of this guy. Uh, what are we looking for out of him this season? Does he take the, finally take that step forward? You hope so because the weapons are there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the weapons are there. I mean, you draft Ronald Jones, so hopefully you finally have a consistent running game. And maybe, that, maybe that's mm-hmm. one part that hasn't been there other than one, the one year for Doug Martin. You, know, you got Mike Evans, one of the better receivers of the league. Who probably also not a wide receiver though. one. He does. <laughs> yeah. He has. Uh, I always find that funny, right? What's the one thing he doesn't do well? Catch the ball. <laughs> right. Isn't that your job? 
Mm-hmm. You know, so that we that ask you to do one insane. thing, one thing. All right, catch the damn ball. But uh, you mm-hmm. got my, you got Mike Evans, right? You got Deshaun Jackson, mm-hmm. oh, a very good deep threat. Chris Godwin is a player. You know, you're looking for a sleeper. I'd look for Godwin here. I think he takes over the number three role for Humphreys, which isn't great, but he's got mm-hmm. upside potential there. And I love your tight ends. I was surprised mm-hmm. they spent the $47 million to re-sign Brait when you had O.J. Howard. I would have put mm-hmm. In the salary cap era, I would have put that money someplace else. But either way, they have great tight ends there. So the passing options are, are fantastic, especially if Ronald Jones, hell, if he's just a tick above average, you've got a, the makings of a very good offense here. But then mm-hmm. it's Winston. You know, we just don't know what we're going to get. He had a horrendous year last year. 3,500 mm-hmm. yards, 19 to 11 uh, touchdown interception rate. That's terrible. And that's really terrible. You know, even though his completion percentage actually went up from the year before. Mm-hmm. Go figure. So, you know, you sort of don't know where, where you're going here with uh, with Winston. Is he going to be a franchise quarterback? You know, is it something we got to, uh, you know, we just, we just don't know. I was shocked that Tampa Bay did not fire Dirk Cutter. You know, shocked that he's still the the, the coach that I certainly would have gotten rid of. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Uh, but mm-hmm. I guess maybe because you want the continuity with Winston, fine. But uh, Cutter's cut certainly yeah. on a you know make a break season. I don't want to say Winston is, but f- so fourth year. Basically, are you saying that uh, if the uh, Bucks don't take their offense, doesn't take a step forward, you kind of the onus would go more on Winston because he has all these different well, Cutter will be weapons gone. this year? Not I think the but, thing is with know, Winston is this. If the offense doesn't take a step Ronald forward. Jones being drafted. Uh, another year of Mike Evans, if he could just hold on to the ball. And uh, don't forget, they also have uh, Adam Humphreys, who's he's, you know, had his. Nah, forget uh, about Humphreys. He's, he's, he's going to lose his job okay, to Godwin. Yeah, I'm not worried about, but, not worried uh, about Humphreys at all. With uh, Chris Godwin. Uh, that the thing is with this, if Winston doesn't get the job done this year, if he regresses mm-hmm. again, or if he just blah, you know, average, he's mm-hmm. going to face competition next year. Right. Okay. Uh, why don't we move on? We've uh, covered the Panthers. We've covered the Falcons. We've covered the Bucks. What about the Saints? Are the Saints going to keep uh, marching in? Uh, Drew Brees, what are we expecting uh, from him this season? Uh, Saints... Uh, running the ball uh, a bit more last year. Uh, you think that uh, trend continues, of course? I mean, uh, they uh, have the issue with Mark Ingram missing the first four games of the season. Yeah, I mean, with Drew Brees, they no longer need him to win games for them. And what I mean by that is that he's not, doesn't have to throw the ball 40-plus times. Their mm-hmm. defense is good. You know, their running game is, is better than good. Yes, Ingram is suspended. And really, fantasy-wise, when you think about Ingram, he got a four-game suspension. They have a bye in week six. Assuming that suspension stays at four games, mm-hmm. Ingram really is no use to you until week seven. Mm-hmm. And that's half the fantasy season gone here. So be very careful, fantasy, you know, with, with what you're expecting from Mark Ingram. Uh, Kamara will get more touches, but they, they're not going to kill him. He's not the biggest of guys here. But the bottom line is they don't need Breeze to throw the ball 40-plus times a game anymore. They can win without doing that, with keeping him healthy, uh, with not having him drop back so many times, run the ball, play defense. So Drew Breeze uh, is no longer in that. Yeah, when I did my tiers of quarterbacks, Rodgers is the only one in the first tier. I have Brady, and I can't think of the other quarterback I had in the second tier. So Breeze is in the third tier. And he's still a top seven quarterback for me, but no one, once again, that I feel I need to reach up and grab in round three. There you go. Okay, we'll continue talking about the Saints. Uh, we know Michael Thomas is, I think he's a first-round pick. We'll come back and talk more about the Saints receivers.
Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. We're talking fantasy football this hour. Juggling along with George Kurtz, Rob Boat, producing our show, keeping us flying straight. And uh, we were talking a little uh, Drew Brees and uh, George, you're right. Uh, Drew Brees doesn't have to do it all himself anymore, right? No. And I said, I don't think that's a bad thing. Certainly not bad no. for the Saints. Worked out pretty mm-hmm. well last year. If not for mm-hmm. some, let's face it, for one moronic play in the secondary, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to a championship game mm-hmm. uh, in Philly. So things may have worked out a little differently there. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned, uh, where do you have him ranked? Uh, like I said, I have, uh, I'm going to pull up the article right now for you because that's the kind of guy I am, Joe. Mm-hmm. I have Aaron Rodgers by far, number. he's the only guy in my first tier. You know, I think mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is that good. I think he's the guy you want in all fantasy leagues. He's healthy. You go with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two quarterback is, of course, uh, the GOAT, Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. America and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some worries about The only reason I don't have Brady in the same tier as Rodgers, yeah, you lose Brandon Cooks and all the stuff that's going on there. So I, I worry somewhat about uh, about New England. Uh, mm-hmm. Number uh, three is Russell Wilson, Seattle. Uh, I, I'll say it again. I think if Seattle would have made – the playoffs last year, he should have been the MVP because he was their offense. And uh, I, he can do it. It's amazing what he can do with really very little around him. Uh, so I have uh, Drew Brees in Tier 3, along with quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, and Carson Wentz. So he's in your third tier. He's in my third tier. Mm-hmm. But I, I have small tiers, Joe. I don't have, like, man, you know, massive. My tiers get bigger as you go down the line, not in the, in the beginning. Right. And I said Rodgers is in a tier all by himself. Brady and Wilson in tier two. Breeze, mm-hmm. Watson, Newton, Wentz are all in tier three. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so uh, Michael Thomas, first-round pick, no? And comes uh, to wide receivers. Where do you stand with Michael Thomas? Oh, I like Michael Thomas. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if he, he wouldn't be first-round for me. I'm probably taking a running back first round. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't see how I can avoid that. Uh, it's just running back runs out so quickly as far mm-hmm. as top guys you want. So that that's where I am on that. That's not that I'm really getting on anybody who mm-hmm. would ta- who was to take uh, a, a wide receiver first round. We know Antonio mm-hmm. Brown's going first round. You know, that's yep. certainly happening. I you know, think I so. Any, yeah. yeah, I think he's going top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would and I wouldn't mind having him whatsoever. If uh, he actually fell to me in, uh, in a draft, you know, after that, like I said, I just have I don't want to get caught up. Running back seems to be more important, almost as important as they used to be in fantasy. So, Darren Hopkins, I'm probably taking over Michael Thomas. Uh, Odell Beckham, good chance I'm taking him over Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones, I might take over Michael Thomas. So now. If you want to put Michael Thomas, I have Michael Thomas after that. So if you have five wide receivers, does that mean I'm only taking seven running backs first round? 
So that's why I don't want. And once again, we're, we're talking, we're splitting hairs here. So he's not first round; he's top of the second round. Right. So it's not like he's going that far. I probably wouldn't take him first round because I will have enough running backs there. But uh, he's top of the second round for me. But either way, he's a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. So who do you uh, like? Uh, other than Thomas, as part of this offense, uh, wide receiver-wise. I mean, Cameron Meredith, uh, former Bear, right? Uh, interesting. He could be a sleeper. Yeah, uh, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think the only question with Meredith is, can he get that chemistry of Breeze? If mm-hmm. he can, man, because once again, everyone's worried about Michael Thomas. That's where the safety's mm-hmm. going. That's where that top cornerback's going. And we're all worried about Kamara. If you're a defense, you're certainly worried about Kamara. It can make you look stupid. Sure. Mm-hmm. So Cam Meredith, assuming he's healthy and right. has that chemistry with Breeze, you're mm-hmm. right. He could have a nice season for someone you can grab later on in your draft. Now mm-hmm. he's not. I don't. I don't know if you can call him a sleeper because he, you know, he had that big year with the with the Bears, where he really, uh, you know, we expected bigger things from him last year. You know, I say big year with the Bears. He had his coming out season with the Bears. You know, mm-hmm. six for eight eighty eight, and that's the Bears. We didn't really have much. You know, the mm-hmm. Saints. He can do more. You know, mm-hmm. so. All reports are that Meredith is ahead of schedule, that he's going to be playing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to like Cam. He's someone I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't take him in all my leagues if I had the chance, but I wouldn't mind having him in more than one. Who do you think has the better season, uh, Ted Ginn or Cam, Cam Meredith? I'm going to oh, go so Cam. Pre- presuming that Cam is healthy. Yeah, I'm going to go Cam Meredith. Though. I think mm-hmm. it might be somewhat close. Ted Ginn, sort of like Torrey Smith, is a guy I'd much rather have in a best ball league. Mm-hmm. I won't have all that many shares of him. In our in redraft leagues, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, why don't we move on to? Uh, we'll try to get as many teams as we can out of the NFC West. We'll start with the Rams. Rams uh, had a, a obviously a very nice season last year. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, you know, no one expected much out of him, but uh, really came on. Yeah, the silence of the Rams, right? No longer. Yeah. This this is mm-hmm. a team that wow. Uh, I mean, Goff. Too. <laughs> yeah, they're going for it, and they would have made more. They weren't mm-hmm. for they, they talked to the Giants about Beckham too. They listen draft picks, smash picks. We'll we'll mm-hmm. go. We'll take our veterans here and go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Goff. Now, once again, the only reason um, uh, that he I think he's not a quarterback one is that they're not going to ask him to win games. Mm-hmm. They're just not. They don't need him to. You got Todd Gurley. Not when you have Todd Gurley, a, yeah, right. Because they're running. You're, you're maybe a top pick off the board in a lot of drafts, mm-hmm. right? If not him, it'll be Le'Veon Bell. You got a defense that looks like it's the defense from hell. And you got uh, Namigan Sue, Aaron Donald. Good luck mm-hmm. getting those two blocked. Michael Brockers is not all that bad in his own right. right? They picked up a key to lead. So the de- what I'm trying to say is the defense is really, really good. You know, the running back, really, really good. They mm-hmm. don't need got to throw the ball probably more than 25 times a game. You know, then you got Cooks, you got Woods, you got Cooper Cup. You know, I like the tight end and tight end Higby too. The offense is there. It's mm-hmm. this is this is going to be an offense that I'll be honest. It's going to remind me of the Cowboys of the '90s, mm-hmm. where we all know Aikman ended up being a Hall of Fame quarterback, but was never a good fantasy pick. Right. He just was because Dallas didn't throw the ball enough, and they ran the ball mm-hmm. once they got inside the uh, the red zone. I see the same situation here. I think Goff is going to be a better quarterback, NFL quarterback, than he will a fantasy one. Who's the uh, wide receiver that you want to own out of this crew? Cooper Cup, uh, a, a lot of red zone targets last year. Brandon Cook's going to be interesting uh, coming over from the Patriots. And Robert Woods, man, he really uh, came into his own last year. He certainly did. Uh, he meshed well, very well. Got hurt for a little bit, too. It'll be mm-hmm. Woods for me. You know, I think he's the guy I want. I think Brandon Cook's going to have the same role as Sammy Watkins. It'll mm-hmm. be a better Watkins, but he's the deep threat to keep the, that safety off the line of scrimmage. 
You know, mm-hmm. so Gurley can do his thing. Robert Woods is sort of the intermediate guy. Coop, we'll do a, Cooper Cup do a little of both here. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Woods if I want for fantasy. If I want mm-hmm. the guy who I think is going to get the consistent points week in and week out, it'll be Woods. Cooks is going to have some big games because there will be days he catches, you know, once again, that uh, 65 yard touchdown. Maybe more right, than one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me at all. But mm-hmm. I'll go Woods, Cooks, Cup. There you go. Let's move on to Seattle. Uh, trying to get through these teams before the commercial. Uh, you mentioned Russell Wilson, and I'm with you on that. I mean, uh, you know, if they could give him some time to, to breathe, I mean, he is an incredible quarterback just based on how he's performed with that offensive line for, for now a few years. Absolutely. He's like I said, he's in my, uh, my tier two. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like what Seattle did, not drafting a, uh, an offensive lineman with a 28th pick when they went the uh, – uh, the running back instead. Not that they didn't need a running back. They did. But, mm-hmm. you know, if your offensive line sucks, it just doesn't matter. You know, right. and maybe it – I don't know if maybe that's too strong a term. Maybe it's just subpar. You know, mm-hmm. either way, it needs work. And uh, I just – I would have liked to have seen them draft an offensive, offensive lineman. That's where I really keep going with this to protect Wilson because, you know, he's not built like Cam Newton or Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. He keeps taking these hits. He's going to break down again. It will happen. So uh, Rashad Penny, I, I, I do like Rashad Penny, and he's oh. a big guy, which is good because yeah. he's going to need to be his own blocker. Yeah. Man, you look at this guy's uh, numbers in college. Rush for 7.5 yards per attempt. Uh, so, I mean, he's been getting a that's lot of good. press. Yeah, that's pretty decent, right? Uh, do you see him as an uh, you know, every down back like the Seahawks kind of intimated? Oh, I think it remains to be seen. You know, Penny, they still got Chris Carson, who they liked last year. He was good last year. Mm-hmm. Mike Davis is still there, too. Uh, I th- there'll be some kind of timeshare. Do I think mm-hmm. it'll um, be 65-35, somewhere around there, but he will be the mm-hmm. goal line guy, and that's probably the most important part. Where do you think he goes in, in drafts, Penny? Does, does he get drafted as a bell cow back, or do you think that he's somebody that maybe, you know, once all the familiar names are off the uh, board, that maybe, you know... I don't know, maybe third, fourth round. That's that's way too late, right? It's once again running backs are more value because there just aren't that many of them. He's a running mm-hmm. back too, you know, mm-hmm. but he's barely inside my top twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, but once again, it's because of the offensive line problems. Uh, right. So he's going to go in this, for me. He'll go in the same uh, area as uh, another rookie, Darius Geis, who I like more, by the way. Jordan mm-hmm. Howard, Kenyon Drake, uh, even Joe Mixon. Uh, they're mm-hmm. pretty much all in the same group here. Uh, Alex Collins. Uh, in that group there, Lamar Miller. These guys are a little below him. Uh, so I, I said he's a running back too. And if you're in a league with Scott Angle, you probably got to take him in round two. I think in other <laughs> leagues, it is the round four-ish. I joke about the Angle being the Seahawks fan. Uh, I would say around somewhere around round four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what are we thinking about uh, Doug Baldwin? I mean, is he uh, a solid wide receiver one in your eyes? Solid wide receiver one. Uh, he certainly. Not a fantastic wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I uh, yes, he's in that category. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, it's. I mean, uh, right now I have him above T. Y. Hilton, mm-hmm. but if Andrew Lux is going to play, then T. Y. Hilton. T. Y. Hilton's going to jump over him. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I also want to see what happens in Arizona with Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, is Bradford going to start? Or are we going to get the rookie there, too? If they're going to get the rookie, then Thomas is going to fall, which would bring, once again, brings Baldwin back up. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of situations. He's in that mix of, well, maybe yes, maybe no. Tyreek Hill's in there as well, too, because I don't, 
people just all of a sudden assume Patrick Mahomes will be the next big thing. He started one NFL game, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be a little bit more uh, cautious about that. Demarius Thomas is in here as well. Allen Robinson in Chicago is in this grouping here. How well he comes back from the ACL playing with the rookie. So uh, if Baldwin's not, uh, not a wide receiver one, he's a high-end wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. What about the rest of the, the receiving core? Uh, they just uh, the Seahawks just signed Brandon Marshall. In my opinion, uh, uh, you know, I'm not interested in him in, at all in any uh, uh, fantasy leagues. What about Tyler Lockett? You're talking both Lockett and Marshall. They're low end wide receiver fives, bench players. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be drafted because they have some name value. And you'll see what happens. You see if someone develops outside of. Uh, you know, outside of Baldwin there. But the problem is, I mean, the defense isn't as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're not going to have the ball as much on offense. I mean, they could be good in some ways. They'll have to throw more often. But right. yeah, I don't know what you're expecting out of Lockett Marshall. I'm not worried about the tight end and Ed Dixon. He's not in a, in, in a tight end <laughs> one. So right. I think they will throw more to the wide receivers. But I think we, uh, the bottom line is here, I don't see upside for either one. Marshall mm-hmm. can still catch the ball. He's still a big body. But his yak is going to be almost non-existent. Hmm. And uh, just, uh, I know we don't really focus in on kickers, but Sebastian Janikowski, a Seahawk now, right? For so many years, a Raider, now he's a Seahawk. You know, in my uh, my <laughs> Dynasty League, mm-hmm. my Dynasty, that's the one we've talked about a couple of times, 32-team mm-hmm. league, they just decided to vote out kickers. Oh, I am really? so happy. They just, <laughs> just literally just did it. It just passed this yeah. morning, and yeah. they're voting out kickers. So we'll, we'll keep it the same roster, but no no more kickers. And I couldn't be happier. I think, it's, I think it's really the way to go. Get rid of kickers. Get rid of defenses, too. Go to IDP. Add an extra flex. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I agree with you with the kickers. And IDP is, a, you know, a challenge, which is good. I mean, that's what you want. You want to play in a league that challenges you. I agree. I mean, I mm-hmm. think it makes it more fun. And I'll say this, say this again. You don't need to do, like I said, in this league, we start four linebackers, three defensive linemen, two seconds, you know, whatever. We start, we start 11 IDPs. You don't need to mm-hmm. do that. You could start slowly. Just literally start one linebacker, one mm-hmm. lineman, one secondary player. Yeah. I mean, that's not too much to ask. Everyone's going to have an all-star because you're, mm-hmm. you're not starting enough. It's like only starting one running back and one quarterback. You know, you're gonna, everyone's going to have that, but you'll get acclimated to it, and you can add to that in, uh, in future seasons once you get used to it. It makes the game better. Yes. Uh, another fun team in the NFC West, uh, the 49ers. I mean, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Jarek McKinnon specifically getting a lot of uh, attention. Uh, what are you thinking about him? Uh, is is he more valuable in, obviously, PPR? Uh, I mean, you still have Matt Breida uh, on that roster as well. What do you think about the, uh, I mean, what do you think about the uh, 49ers running game? Is there anybody getting more pub than McKinnon? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, right yeah. now, he's going to be drafted with Le'Veon yeah. Bell, David Johnson, Elliott, and then, uh, Todd Gurley. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. People think he's, he's the next big thing here. I don't. I, mm-hmm. Why? Because Shanahan's good with running backs? McKinnon's an, an average back, maybe above average mm-hmm. back. Yes, he's valuable because, I'll mm-hmm. say it again, there's not enough running backs to go around in fantasy. So mm-hmm. I get the love. I do get it. But he's a running back, too. He's a running back, too. You, you mentioned Breed is there. I mean, Joe Williams, the rookie from last year, who was on IR all season, is there right. as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that doesn't scare me all that much, Joe, because, you know, we, you and I know. I mean, most of these teams, almost every team has some kind of committee. You know, there are sure. only so many Ezekiel Elliott's and Tom Jones to Unfortunately, something we around. have to deal with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I'm not going to get all freaked out about that. You just want your guy to be I, – I look for two things. I want my guy to be on the right side of that committee, and I want mm-hmm. my guy to be the goal line guy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what I want. You know, if it's a 60-40 split, I want the 60, and I want the goal line guy. If I'm the 40, well, then I better have the goal line guy. You know, so, so, so that's what you want there. And McKinnon should have both of those. So, uh, yes, uh, he's interesting to me, but I don't expect him to become the next big thing. Like, people, like he's going to break into a top five running back this season, and he's going to win people leagues. Yeah, he's not because he's not going any later in the second, third round anyway because all these running backs mm. get taken. You know, so, I, yes, I like him, but uh, my expectations are a little bit more. I'm keeping mine in, in check. But then again, I have a number 14 overall. So, like I said, he's barely outside of a running back one. Mm. Uh, and uh, what are your expectations about that passing game uh, as we uh, we head out? I mean, a lot, a lot of press with Garoppolo. Garcon coming off an injury, but, you know, good PPR guy. Goodwin really came into his own last year as well. Uh, and you have a decent tight end in George Kittle. Well, you know, Garoppolo's never losing a game in his NFL career because he went 5-0 and <laughs> last year. Uh, so he's going 16-0 and this year. I mean, people, defenses now and uh, defensive coordinators have now had an entire offseason to look mm-hmm. at his film and find his weaknesses. And they will find them. All right? Mm-hmm. That wide receiver core is not impressive whatsoever. You know, mm-hmm. It's average at best. And I like Pierre Garçon. I like him a lot. You know, But he's a possession receiver, not really a game breaker. George Kittle is your sleeper tight end this year. You're going to hear a lot about him. And he's not somebody I mind grabbing late in drafts. Marquise, yeah, I, mean, I like him. It, it, I understand why Des Bryant put out the tweet that uh, you know, San Francisco is an option here because they could use someone like him. You know, but mm-hmm. the problem is for Dez, I mean, he's, he's very similar to what Garcon is. And I don't know if that's going to match up well with what they need. So I think they could use a wide receiver, but I think that might have to be fixed maybe in the draft next year or in free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona. Who, uh, who's the starting quarterback? Is it Bradford? I mean, uh, how long before maybe Josh Rosen could take over? Well, I mean... <sighs> This is, you still have Larry Fitzgerald, so I guess you want to go with Bradford. Cause, uh, to start, yeah. Know, right. I mean, but this team's not going anywhere. I mean, uh, they're, not, they're nowhere near as good as the, uh, the, uh, as the Rams. Even the 49ers are probably a better team. Uh, if Rosen's ready, I'd go with him from day one. So that's, that's going to cause a problem all over here. Because Bradford, when he stays healthy, is actually a decent quarterback. But that's the mm-hmm. joke. He can't stay healthy. So uh, I expect him to start with Bradford. But maybe by week six, week eight, or whenever their buy is, Rosen comes along. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've said this before, David Johnson, solid uh, round one, right? Yeah, he's top five running back for me, Top, mm-hmm. probably top four. You're not afraid of his injury history? No, nah, it was a risk, not even a leg injury. I'm fine with Johnson. There we go. All right, well, we come back. We'll go back to baseball, a little fantasy baseball for hour three. Weekend fantasy update. Mm-hmm. 